Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Morrison, the Oklahoma Strangler, professional wrestling as it's meant to be, and you know I'm drinking at Moe's. All right, everybody, welcome drinking at Moe's. Big Mo here. As always, YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good shit because helps with that pain in the butt algorithm they got over there. We're most places you can find your podcast. And yes, I don't hold back on the language. I, I'm not, I think YouTube is actually relaxing on that, but I wasn't getting monetized at the moment anyway, so I don't give a shit. But today I have with me, Chris Morrison, no relation because little known fact, my actual last name is also Morrison, but hey, that's that's a whole nother story right there. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I got some good stuff coming up in well next month starting well tomorrow, but like I say, I got some good stuff coming up, so I can't complain. But uh, first thing I'd like to start off with everybody with is what got you started as a fan, and then what finally got you deciding to make the leap into the business? My mom's reason I wrestled. She got me watching WCW when I was five, six, seven mm -hmm. years old. Then my dad introduced me to the dying years of ECW. Mm. Ah, yeah. And pretty much ever since then, I've been saying I'd wrestle since the fifth grade, give or take a year. I amateur wrestling. Oh, you got you got. In yeah, I oh. started my professional training the day before I turned seventeen. Oh, and you know what? Switching gears there. The. A lot of people, especially nowadays, that's pretty close to when they seem to get started. I mean, you got Billy Starks getting started early there. You got Nick Wayne getting started early. They're blowing up on the independent scene. Hmm? So they're insanely blowing up. Oh, totally. I've had the pleasure of actually having Billy Starks on the show before got nothing but great things to say about her and actually got the chance to see her in action live at a uh, show for Sammy Callahan's promotion in a scramble match which was pretty epic oh yeah Sammy puts on amazing shows mm. that that is for sure I've uh, lucked out to have a handful of the people that have come through Revolver's doors. I've even had the, at least the, the ring announcer for what I know of the uh, the Des Moines stops. I've had him on. Oh, so yeah. he actually helped cover all but really gas and hotel for the last time I went to Revolver. So it oh. was, it was, it was pretty epic. I got to, meet a lot of cool people but uh who like growing up were some of the wrestlers that you admired that kind of 
might have helped shape how uh, how you work in the ring? Uh, my first favorites were the Hardys. Okay. And always loved the Hardy Boys. Nothing like them in style. As I got older, probably like 14, 15, and kind of figured out that I'm a big dude, I got really heavy into Chris Benoit, even though we're not oh. supposed to. You know, that, that, yeah, that is a bit of a tricky situation there whenever it seemed, whenever anybody really brings up him. I mean, hell, I was as big of a fan of his as anybody. And I mean, to this day, I mean, I don't think anybody would blame me. It's still kind of shocking when you go back and think about all that. Like he's the, the he's the exact I can pinpoint it down. Like I always said I wanted to wrestle, but it was at a Tulsa SmackDown taping, him in the big show in the main event. Oh okay. Ankle were leak building up to the rumble. And ah. it was in that build where Team Angle debuted. And it was that match where I was like, this is it. No. I that would be a good way to go about that. I mean, I know for me, his his match at uh, WrestleMania 20 with uh, that triple threat with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, to this day, still one of my favorite matches. Great match. But uh, outside of... Uh, Hardys and him, who were maybe some of the others that really I found that around this time too. So then we get into the weeds. That's when I found the world of sport, Marty mm. Jones, Finley oh. before the, before I found out he was in the States. And then you go off to UWFI, Gary Albright, Dakota. Okay. Okay, those are some some Definitely good ones to go about there. I know I talked with a promoter, and I think Paradigm Pro, they do a lot of UWFI-style matches there, and we actually got to talking about that when I had him on, like, good Lord, I'm trying to remember when that was. It was a while ago. That's one of my bucket list promotions. I want to get to Paradigm within the next year or two. Hey, nothing wrong with having that goal. And I'm sure with uh, the knowledge you have of the UWFI style of stuff, I mean, you fit right in there when they have those style shows. Here's Cross here soon. <laughs> Definitely. I know for me growing up, I mean, you brought up the Hardys. I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling and one of my absolute favorites, and I till to this day, uh, the the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Like I actually got to see them live at a Raw taping here in Omaha once, and only other only other act that I could say ever got me to the point where I was on my feet from the moment the music hit to the moment they went back. It was them and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, the times that I got to see them live, 
literally the music hit and I could not sit down until they went back. But, uh, oh, I had to take a little bit of a drink there. But uh, one of the promotions that I saw some uh, stuff advertised on your page was for UWO, Unified Wrestling Oklahoma. Now, a while back, I and you know what? I haven't heard too much of from this guy lately. I think he might have deactivated his Facebook. But Bo Benton, I remember he, I had him on, and we talked about UWO. But like I said, I haven't heard from him in a while lately. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but what is it like being a part of that? Because you, for those that aren't from the area, describe a UWO show. UWO is very much very punk rock, very DIY. The promoter is one of my absolute best friends, Drake Gallows. Him and a, another buddy of mine, Ricky Wingrave. They run it. They're self-funded. Everything is paid for from the show. He doesn't come out of his own pocket for it. We've had a handful of. We had Jake Chris come in a few months back. Hey, that's a. He's a good one. Fantastic. We've had Eugene come in a couple of times. Okay. Then me and a guy you've probably heard a lot about, Sam Stackhouse, just did the Oklahoma's first death match. Okay. Month. Nice. I my first ever death match that I ever actually got to see involved Jake Crist at Sammy Callahan's promotion, and that got wild because the the uh, the match before it was a monsters ball match, and there was barbed wire and uh, thumbtacks all over the fucking place, and they were getting ready to clean it up. Before you know it, Jake comes rolling in. So, fuck that. Leave it. Let's go. And then, boom, <laughs> the match starts. And, yeah, it was some crazy shit. I, I've i actually had Jake and his manager, Bobby Olsen, both on the show. Both favorite episodes of mine. Great, man. Oh, yeah. I, I actually had uh, Jake on shortly after the video of him burning the IWA Mid-South belt. <laughs> like, it was, like, literally, I I want to say we at least planned it and got it scheduled literally the week after that video was released. And I kind of remember how I got that, uh, how I pitched it was kind of reminiscent to me how... Paul Heyman got Steve Austin in ECW, where he was like, you got a grievance. I got a show. Let's hear it. <laughs> and it ended up being a pretty damn good episode. One of my, like I said, one of my absolute favorites. Jake's money in the ring and his microphone, without a doubt. Oh, totally. Like, they, he can cut a promo as good as anybody. That man deserves so much more than he's got. Oh, totally. And, you know, I know recently there's been 
advertisements for a match that he's going to be having here. I want to say in the next month or so, if it hasn't already happened, but with Matt Cardona for the Squared Circle Expo Championship. Okay, I think that show just recently happened. Yeah, I was one to say. I knew it was either coming up here soon if it wasn't like the last week or so. It wasn't too far back. Yeah, but no, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, damn. There there we go. Getting a good opportunity there. But uh, one thing that I was remembering, because I've actually had a few people from the area on the show from both Texas and Oklahoma. Texas seems to be kind of blooming in its own little section with independent wrestling because there seems to be, you know, when it comes to independent wrestling, people thinking of West Coast, East Coast, maybe down in Florida. Texas seems to be its own little area that's getting in there. It's own little bubble, but still getting a lot of good opportunities through, you know, apps like Fight TV, Pro Wrestling TV, IWTV, all sorts of places. Um, What's it like for you setting yourself apart? Because with all those choices also comes with the task of setting yourself apart from other people so it be like not thinking like you're being the same as somebody else. Right. For me, I'm all about authenticity. I love professional wrestling in a very niche way. Like, I love the catch style, that shoot style, per se. Mm. I'm big on it. I like to represent it as strongly as possible. That's where the Oklahoma Strangler comes from. And I'm Lee Lewis. So for me, I am bare bones. There's not a whole lot of character. It's I'm a professional wrestler. Hey. Monday, Friday, I've got my job. I've got my kids. I've got my beautiful wife. But in those, when I was show day, I tie, put my shoes on, put my singlet on, and we're wrestling. Hey, I, 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 like, I like that. Able by not being more of a gimmick character or doing more and taking the suggestions that have been thrown at me. But for me, it's very important for my art, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I personally, I love those guys that have that, that intensity, that, you know, that authenticity that they really don't need so much of the, the flash and the flare. They're just down and dirty. Go kick somebody's ass. You want to watch a wrestling match? Click on my videos. And I'll give yeah. you that. Is awesome. I like, I've had, like I said, some people from the area. I know the last, say, week or so, I at least talked with people to be on the show from Texas. And I believe one or, well, two of them, Kane Carter and uh, the technician. Devion, who 
I believe when I was doing my homework for the episode, there was a promotion called Empire Pro Empire Pro Wrestling. If correct me if I'm wrong, and they from talking with them, they've been featured there a little bit. And they're part of that show. I kind of pop in and out. Devion's fantastic. I wrestled him three, four months ago. I haven't got to touch Kane yet, but he's making a lot of noise across the scene, especially in Texas. Oh, yeah. And, like, yo, I remember talking with Devion that uh, one one of his, his belts, I believe it was a tag team title for, I forget the promotion, but. CWL. Yep. Yeah. And they were at the uh, AEW taping. It was like a week or two ago. And the belt actually, where they were at, it right by the entrance, you can actually see the belt right there on <laughs> AEW television. But just a segue to throw it out before we wander off from Texas too far. We talked about UWO, which is one of my home promotions. Definitely. Remiss to not mention Matt War Pro Wrestling. Out of oh, I was going to say that was going to be one of the other promotions I wanted to ask about. That is my one of my home places. I love that company. They're doing something really, really special with the Trinity River Heritage title, with their own unique rule sets. No, no, uh, for those. Hey, Got to check out their shows. Oh, de- I definitely will be. Because, you know, like I said, that was one of the promotions I wanted to talk to you about because it 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 kind of jumped out to me, the just the name of it. Yeah. Uh, for those that, you know, might not be in the area to check it out live, you mentioned some aspects of the show with the unique rule set and stuff. What what is describe some of that for biggest those thing. That- first off at a Matt War show, you have to tie up. No ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. The match starts with a lockup. Okay. Once you're locked up, then the bell rings. Okay. That's different, but you know what? I mentioned this with a few different people that in pro wrestling, especially now nowadays, you don't really have too many places that have something original, something unique when it comes to pro wrestling. That right there in and of itself, in my opinion, definitely very, very unique. And some, I, you know what, I kind of like. Yeah. And then there's another aspect of we all get checked before the, the match starts. We have a fight doctor right there at the door. Before our music plays, he she gives us the check. Make sure we're good. Hmm. That, I mean, that helpful because, you know, you don't want to. I mean, there's always risk of something happening out there. You know, accidents happen. But, you know, I know of people that, you know, they might like to work through an injury because it's like, you know what? They don't want to risk losing too much of a payday. So then you ha- sometimes they might not be thinking in the best interests of uh, themselves for 
like medical reasons, you have a doctor out there in that instance kind of helps that a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be having to check out some of those shows. They, they, and, you know, inform me, they got a YouTube or some some people for pro wrestling. They've got a Facebook and Instagram, all Matt War Pro Wrestling. Definitely oh. give them a follow. They're doing a lot of, they're working hard to be different. And hey, we we mentioned, you know, there's not so much that is different these days in pro wrestling. So, hey, they, they got something going good there. I'm excited to hear about that. Um, now... We mentioned a little bit about Texas. You know, there's a lot of stuff all throughout the state. I mean, it's a big-ass state. They got freaking memes joking about how long it takes to get across the damn state. Um, What are some of the promotions you're excited to uh, work with there for people that might not know much about you? Another big promotion I work for, I work for uh, Undisputed Pro Wrestling out of Houston. They're a fantastic show. They also are very much about the sport with their Kami-sama-style matches, named after Carl Gotch. Okay. It's very much pure wrestling rules, no closed fists, set number of rope breaks, no ring outs. Okay, so definitely reminiscent of the ring of honor pure division matches and i mean i do enjoy those they're a great promotion a guy their flagship guy christopher lyons is amazing very much the thought same thought process that i have okay i I like that now one thing that i like to do with one category that i have on this show is it's a bit of a name game. So I like to, as much as possible, take people that you've shared the ring with, that you at least shared a locker room with, and, you know, every once in a while, maybe if I'm feeling kind of interested, I might try to throw in somebody that I'm a fan of, you might not have interacted with, but just interested to see what you think about them. Sure. And you I list off the person, you give me your thoughts. First one, I was I was kind of interested because I've actually talked with this guy about coming on the show, but he's a goddamn machine with the schedule he keeps. John Wayne Murdoch. John's the man. He is the god of this deathmatch shit. Oh, totally. So- and dude, so giving. I can't say enough but good things about John. I love John. Got to work oh, with him yeah. before Ian did Ian things at Ida's Way. Yeah, yeah. We won't go too deep into all that, but yeah, I I did see you get a mix it up with John Wayne Murdoch a couple times, and I've I've like I, I said I've talked with him about coming on, but you know. It was around the time that my wife and I, we were pregnant with twins, but they 
they decided to show up a little early and only made it about a week. And it was around that time that I was trying to schedule it. And, you know, him being as understanding as he was, I'm like, I'm hoping here soon that we, we get that worked out to get him. And get him on. Such a, he's got an interesting thought process. He's always high. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've been lucky enough to develop a, seemingly a little bit of a following in the deathmatch community. I mean, I've had guys like I've had Madman Pondo on. I've had, oh, God. I've lost count of how many I've had. But the other one that's actually had some history there with, uh, with John Wayne Murdoch Alex Cologne, I've had him on, and I actually have signed ring-worn kick pads of his down in my basement ready to get displayed for the old man cave when I get that all set up. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the deathmatch style. Not so much, like, deathmatch wrestling gets kind of a kind of a bad rap. There's people that compare it to you know, the, the backyard wrestling, which, I mean, there are people out there that kind of don't help that along, but then you have people like Alex Cologne, like John Wayne Murdoch, that they, they bring out the good side of it, where it's like regular wrestling just surrounded by the deathmatch elements. Yeah. I mean, with any wrestling, there are people that don't belong. There's good wrestlers and there's bad wrestlers whether it be lucha, deathmatch, or just traditional wrestling. There's going to yeah. be some awful people. Oh, yeah. No, that, that is very true. Now, before I get on too big of, big of a tangent here, we'll get on to the next person. A guy that, you know, I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, I got to talk about this guy because another guy I'm a fan of the head of Shane Taylor Enterprises, Shane Taylor himself. Man, that dude hits hard as fuck. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that man jacked my jaw so many times that night. Fun story behind that match. I wasn't yeah. booked until the night before. Oh, really? Really. They had a couple guys didn't get their licenses done right. Oh, I walk in there not knowing anything, and I get to have a dream match for me personally. Oh, hey, that, that would be I've a been dream. Shane, since him and Keith Lee were doing the Pretty Boy Killers. Mm. Yep, I remember that. I, I've only ever – I haven't got to meet Shane Taylor yet. I did get to meet uh, Keith Lee at you – know, I bring. I seem like a – broken record right now bringing up revolver all the time but it was actually at a revolver show oh, where the everybody's there oh god yeah like oh man matt taven and mike bennett there billy starks was at that show rich swan keith lee uh, swerve was there when him and keith lee were still the AEW tag champs i remember <laughs> funny little thing involving the both of them i had all but given up because i had brought three figures that i wanted to get signed 
and I'm walking out to my car, kind of a little down because I'm like, well, damn it. But then I see somebody filming a promo in the parking lot, like smack dab in the middle of the parking lot. I look over and damn it, it, it's fucking swerve out there. So I get my one for him I had signed and I asked man, did, did Keely already leave? And I'm like, no, he's still in there. So I, I waited a little bit and got to meet him too. So it was pretty cool. And, and Keith Lee and Shane Taylor, yeah, that you brought up the the team they had there. Oh, that was freaking awesome. Next up, as of recording, I actually recorded with this guy just last night. He you faced off with him, I believe it was in 2021. I might, I can't read my handwriting right now, but it was for wrestle for a cause. And he's known as the suplex cyclone, Kurt Gannon. Kurt Gannon. Man, he's a strong, very, very talented. Oh, yeah. I was very excited to, to have him on. You know, your episode and his episode are, as long as I don't have any complications with the editing process, should actually be coming out the same week. Oh, awesome. I'd love to throw throw down with Kurt one more time. He just came back with a pretty bad tricep injury. I, he, we were talking about that. He had oh, tore a tendon or something, wasn't it? He's yeah. That, back in the swing. When he's ready, I want we, we need to run that back. Say that. I'll have to reach out, put that little uh, feeler there in his ear there, try to make that happen. Now, I mentioned that I like to sometimes throw in just a guy that I'm a fan of that I'd like to see what other people think of. And I mentioned that I like the the gritty, the intense, down and dirty, just that style. But in this guy, very much of that style the mad king eddie kingston man eddie used to be he was one of my favorites for the longest time loved eddie kingston shikara run with the grand championship mm. amazing yeah i remember that bucket list of green gold oh that that would be sweet like i remember when he first got signed to AEW and it had to have been one of his first shirts during that uh that feud he had with Miro and Miro had that whole redeemer thing that he had going on and Eddie Kingston just comes out he has a mic but then he's just like redeem these nuts throws the mic down and just runs at him I actually have that shirt that's fantastic Eddie is great Oh yeah, I've I've heard I've heard lots of good about him. And it, with him it's kind of funny. The the in-ring persona can make people think a little intimidating, but when I hear people that have actually got to meet him, he's very, very he seems very welcoming. I can see that. Legit so, tough guy don't have to play tough guy when they're out outside. He he's definitely one of those that, you definitely 
feel like he he is very much that legit tough guy. Like there's no playing around about it. There's no he's acting it up in the ring, but not he's not so much that way outside of it. Definitely. Now I have some random questions. Some might be wrestling related, some might not be, but you know, you just hear the question and uh, give me the first answer that pops into your head. I had to shoot for it. Damn, my dog's trying to figure out what to do about one of we got an English bulldog and a Great Dane, and the English bulldog is trying to figure out what's going on with one of our cats right now. So this is what happens sometimes on my show. My animals are roaming around and trying to interrupt shit. But we'll get on to the random questions. First one, craziest in-match moment for you? In-match moment. Probably the first time a gusset like got stuck in my head. Ooh, yeah. Nope, I can see that being a... I just remember it got when it went in, it's just immediate faucets. Oh, I, I can't see anyway, but once you get like a full, it's just pouring, but I can't see anything. Oh, god, iron smells in the air. No, man, yeah, I can imagine. I was at a show that was a no ring deathmatch show, and yeah, I saw there was some gusset plates getting used. I actually have one down in my basement from the show. God, that that just you know what that actually gets me thinking about another question of mine that I ask a, a lot of the deathmatch guys. What is one weapon that you would like that you would like to avoid getting used on you in a match if you had the choice? Because sometimes I can understand you might not have a choice. I mean, I'm a pretty sick dude. Like, I don't have any limits. I'm down for anything right now. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like that. Because uh, I've had people say there's so... Uh, Forgetting the name of it, but they're the round metal things that kind of have the cat trying to get in the road. But the round metal things that have the spike out of a Abdullah Kobayashi's head. Yeah, and like you have to take like pliers or something to really get them out of there because they. Oh, I know the fish market thing, but that's all I know. Yeah, no, those those are nasty. I know. I've had people like. One that caught me off guard at first because I guess I wasn't really thinking that this would be an answer. But Alex Cologne, after he explained it, I got it. He said toothpicks. Oh, I can see that would be off. Yeah, that, that was the thing he brought up. You might get lucky and get the whole thing out when you try to pull it out. But you break off the wrong piece, and then you got it embedded in there, getting infected and shit. <laughs> Definitely. Next up, I would feel awkward if I didn't have this question in here with a name of a show like Drinking at Most. Favorite drink, whether alcoholic or non, or you can name one of each. 
I don't drink personally at all. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I am obsessed with caffeine. I'm a mom. Hey. Two to three every fucking day. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I always tell people that just because it says drinking at most doesn't mean the drink has to be alcoholic. I'm a bit of a caffeine guy myself, you know, being from the military and having some of the watches that I did where I would be up from just before midnight to right after breakfast started. And, you know, sometimes you'd need a little caffeine in there. I made the original Monster Zero Sugar. Probably the best day besides my kids being born. Oh, yeah. I I remember those. That was really the, the energy drink that we... Re- really had on the our ship like if we wanted anything else we might have to wait until we get get to a different port and see if they had anything but more often than not if you really wanted it it was between the the soda machines monsters or hell if they shut down the the vending stuff coffee that always was a solid, but uh, yeah, no, I can understand. There were times where caffeine was definitely my friend, my best friend. <laughs> Hell, I mean, I know I'm drinking. I'm drinking the diet version right now, but I'm a bit of a Dr Pepper fiend myself. Like my my wife likes to joke with me that I have a Dr Pepper problem. And I, I always, always tell her and people really get a laugh out of this one. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a problem. I have it figured out. The only time I have a problem is if I don't have any. (laughs) Definitely. Next up. Favorite food for after a show. Usually after the show, I usually fast in the day leading up to my show i'll have breakfast and nothing else so by the time i leave the show i'm a ravenous i usually try to eat clean and get in shape so usually i'll save my cheat meal for after a show so i'm hitting the nearest fast food place Uh, okay great one if you're out in the midwest southeast area that's one of my favorites because you get like a you can get an enchilada at the side. Okay, okay. I know for me, I haven't been down to Texas for a while, but I when I was down there, you know, before I left, I'd always hear about Whataburgers, so I I went and I tried myself some damn Whataburgers, and. Um. Texas and Oklahoma hear all the time about the Whataburger in and out feud. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, me being from uh, having my time in San Diego, yeah. In and out all over the place down there. And then, you know, always hearing about, you know, oh, in and out's better. No, Whataburger. Yeah, I, I hear about that one all the time. You, you kind of cut out there. It's all the same for me at one o'clock in the morning. I ain't picky. Hey, you know what? I'm not exactly a picky eater myself. You, you, 
you take me to put food in my stomach, I'm good to go. After a show, I need something to eat, and I need a power nap. No, yeah, I can understand that, especially if you've been fasting for a little bit. Because, you know, now that I think about it, I can kind of understand that because, you know, you get get too overloaded in there, and then who knows with, you know, some of the suplexes and the slams and stuff, you might get stuff jostled around in there and just end up getting sick in the ring or something. In my early training, I had a really bad concussion problem. I had like four or five within my training, in my first four or five months of training. So I quickly, anytime I'm going to be in the ring, I don't eat that day. I, I can understand that. Next question, another kind of wrestling-related one. Favorite match for you as a fan? Maybe if different than something we might have already talked about. My favorite match as a fan. This is going to be off the wall, but Daniel Maccabe versus Timothy Thatcher, the second one at 3 2 1 battle. Okay. I might have to get my eye on that. I do, I do know more about Timothy Thatcher than his opponent in that one, but definitely one that I'll definitely. Same thing. Okay. Great. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to keep my eye on that. Definitely looking. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely have to get my eyes on that. I'm always open to seeing new and different stuff when it comes to wrestling. So if I'm not so familiar with one guy, Hey, I'm all about it. And now. I always like to kind of end my my random question category with this question. Best advice for anybody wanting to get into wrestling? Go to a reputable school. Go to a rep. You can do it without it, but it's very, very hard. Yeah, that I can see that. Move. Find somewhere with a good reputation and good trainers that have accomplished them. Yeah, and you know what? It ain't like back in the day, back before I really even discovered independent wrestling. You know, you'd hear about schools, but they'd be like eight hours or so away. But then nowadays, literally, it seems like no matter what part of the country you're in there is a reputable school within i'd probably say a few hours of most people i don't know i mean i would take it a step farther like if you're gonna do it get trained by somebody that is doing it or has done oh yeah no definitely locally definitely less to meet larry d and get to travel out to kentucky to train with him I would I not that I've had a whole lot of success, but the amount the even the small amount that I've had wouldn't be possible without him. Awesome. Yeah. And that that always helps because I mean again, with kind of what I was going off of, you know, no matter what part of the country you're in, there's guys like Larry D, there's uh 
We talked a bunch about Sammy Callahan and his promotion revolver. He's got a school that's opening up. The a former guest of mine, the first episode I ever did over Zoom, the SATs, they got a school up in New York. You got Santino Brothers out in California. You got all the stuff down in Florida. It, there's not really a shortage of reputable places with good trainers that have been out there on some of the big stages running their schools. Absolutely. It does the wonders for you. I, I can imagine. Now, before we go, I want to give you the time. Where can people find you on social media? So if they don't already have their eyes on you, they can go ahead and get them there. I'm, I'm, I struggle with the social media thing. It's not my but, thing, but Instagram, Facebook, both at Oklahoma Strangler. My YouTube's at Oklahoma Strangler. I post up any match that I don't hate on there. De definitely, I'll be getting all that information in the description when I get things edited out for the episode. But my dogs are trying to signal to me that they need to get outside. So I think it's probably about time for me to go. But thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight. It was a pleasure and best of luck out there. Thank you for having me on, man. Blast.